Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For a radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, it's tuning in online around the world thanks to our podcast. We're glad you all could join us as well. We're excited to welcome Jennifer Hamm to our broadcast today. She's celebrating her brand-new book I had a chance to read called One Friday in Napa. This is a great book not only about family but also about learning to love others, to be able to get to know people for who they are, but also how they can sometimes help us to better understand who we are as well. We're going to talk to Jennifer not only about her storytelling, but also what it's been like for her to share these characters with all of us, and of course to see the response to it. If you guys are just now finding out about One Friday in Napa, I will let you know how to get your own copy of it. Jennifer, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm a pleasure to be here. Uh, the pleasure is definitely all mine. A lot of great layers to this story, Jennifer. We're going to get more into that. But I want to first of all talk about the experience. You know, one thing I'm horrible at, my audience will tell you here in the South, is that I don't take enough time to really soak things in. Have you had a chance to, outside of talking to strangers like myself about this book, <laughs> and, and be able to connect with people a lot, have you had a chance to take in this accomplishment of having this book out for the world to enjoy? That is such a good question. The universe works in mysterious ways, Cyrus. The, um, I got this pub date maybe 18 months ago, something like that. And um, then I got, so August 29th it was published. And uh, then I got about two and a half months ago, my youngest son going to college. And guess what his moving date was? <laughs> oh, wow. 29th. So um, I took it in. It was it, it was a lot, you know, you, as you know, there's a lot that builds towards this one moment, but it's not like a release of a film or anything. I mean, it's sort of just the beginning of the journey. So yeah. I took it as a sign that it's a new path for me, and um, and I'm super excited, super excited to talk about it and just share it with the world. Well, it, it's something to be excited about. I have to say I always love books that kind of take us outside of our time and but also remind us of how people are people. There's a great passage in conversation mm. in the book I want to talk to you about a little bit later, Jennifer, that really stood out to me because I want to ask you what it's been like for you to ask yourself that question. But I want to talk about these characters. How did the characters come to you? Well, the idea of the story came when my friend Kelly Hale was visiting. She was a house guest and wanted to cook something for our Sunday night family dinner as a thank you. And so she grabbed one of my cookbooks, and she found a recipe, and she took out a pen, and she started writing in my cookbook. And I'm like, Kelly, what are you doing? And she, she's like, what do you mean what I'm doing? I've got some great notes for this recipe. You're going to want them afterwards. I said, you're writing in my cookbook? And she goes, don't you write in your cookbook? I write all over my cookbook like it's a diary. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Only my grandmother ever used to do that. And so it was the beginning of a nugget of an idea of what if you read someone's cookbook like a diary? somebody like your mother. Um, and Pelly actually took that nugget and she created a world of these characters um, that was super interesting. And then I took that and created this book and created the world even further. So um, both Vini and Olivia, you know, come from so many other women's experiences with their mothers and daughters and just, you know, family saga. I find all of that really fascinating. 
Um, but the idea of breaking down who your parent is, like you've got this idea of and this vision and version of your parent, but actually seeing them as a person is something that sometimes none of us really do. Um, right. And equally for the mother to see the daughter and see where she's at. So all those complexities really fascinate me, i got to be honest. Yeah, it, it is It is such a beautiful thing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think for me when I was reading the book, you did get that that intimacy of, you know, we all have heard that, that saying or we said it ourselves, you think you know someone, right? And it was mm. great seeing mm. Beanie when it comes to her mother realizing how much she did not know. Was mm. that part of the fun for you as well, getting to know, kind of popping up the, you know, the hood, the hood so to speak, and getting to know the inner workings of these characters? Yeah, I mean, I've been asked to identify with more, and funnily enough, I think I'm more like Olivia, um, the mother. But Vini is somebody who, as as a writer, I had to find her voice by writing the entire novel in first person in her voice. When it was her chapter, you know, the novel's divided into these alternating time periods, but when it was her narration, I actually did an entire draft of her in the first person because... I found that I was telling Olivia's story in the present too much, but I really wanted to get to know what Vini was thinking. And it was an amazing exercise. It was incredibly difficult because <laughs> then I had to flip the whole thing back into third person. Um, but it was a wonderful way to get inside her head for sure. Um, and not, and not just write, you know, a novel that sounded like a lot of therapy talk, you know, sitting with moments. Um, I'm really interested in slow moving moments. I'm interested in the long pauses those uncomfortable silences between people, that's the kind of stuff that fascinates me. It's interesting here you talk about uh, relating more to Olivia because Olivia, of course, as you and I were talking about before, we're talking about 50 years um, kind of between you know her saga in the book and, and then that of Beanie. What, is, is, is history something you've always been, been fond of, Jennifer, or was that something that just intrigued you when it came to writing this book and thinking about the world that Olivia lived in? Honestly, I feel like the, you know, post-war era and, and in America and the boom that was going on after the depletion and the destruction and, you know, and what happens in a world war, obviously, um, I found that time period fascinating, especially for women. I mean, they had only a couple of decades out from the right to vote, let alone, you know, all the research I was doing with cookbooks at the time were all written for women to present their 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 dinner parties a certain way and everything was about how to be a good housewife. And, you know, I mean, look where we are now and the options that women have now, thank God. And so I found the fascination between the two, you know, time periods, fashion, expectation, how you thought of oneself, what was available, your options, all those issues as women. Um, Yeah. When you separate 50 years, you see Lord almighty, we have come far and um, and Vini was allowed to have almost like a parallel life to her mother and have a lot of the same types of things happen to her, but make very, very different choices than her mother did. And funnily enough, that part of the book was totally unintentional. It was only after the first draft I realized I drafted very similar scenarios for the women to deal with, but at different times of, you know, what the world looked like and how they both were able to respond and what was options, you know, what options were available to them. So that gave it a lot of drama and a lot of background that I thought was fascinating. And of course, in Napa in the forties, Napa comes alive, you know, with the Vintner group and 
Napa Valley wine being globally respected and all of that. So Napa was an incredible place to be in the 40s. Yeah, and and I'm glad you said that because you and I are just one thing we talked about before we went on the air here is that Napa is, of course, it's in the title of the book, One Friday in Napa, but also <laughs> definitely a character in in the book as well, um, and yeah. and the role that it plays. What was that like for you to kind of see, not only of course Napa Valley, how it has, of course, been such a staple, but also has such a presence in the world. Yeah, I mean, I had uh, one of my dear friends is a winemaker, Thomas Wine, a little throw in there. And um, she very graciously showed me her version of Napa Valley. And what you soon realize is it's a land of dreams. It's a land where people go, either they've been there for generations and they were crop farmers that turn into winemakers, or they've come there to, you know, uh, dig the soil of the dreams. And um, I find that that was really, really incredible. The people were um, super earthy and friendly and willing to share what was in their, you know, thoughts and hearts and minds. And it's a great community up there. And it's incredibly beautiful. The soil up there is, you know, world class. So it does yield some of the best wine in the world. But it also, um, it comes from blood, sweat and tears. It doesn't just happen. You know, usually it's a money pit and you really got to want to be there and and build something. So that really went along with the themes of the book and what was going on with Olivia at the time. Um, and also having just one location, I think, is really interesting. Going back to your family home, you know, Vini returns home in the very first couple of pages, gets a call and her mother's not well. And, you know, she has to try and reconcile or wants to reconcile what's what sort of left of their very contentious relationship and goes back to her family home um, where her mother's been living for all these years. So it's an interesting play on walking in the walls of a childhood bedroom as an adult and um, what the walls feel like to you, you know, as a 10-year-old versus a 50-year-old and for Vini and for Olivia, ooh, there are secrets in those walls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is, and there is, what I love about this book too, Jennifer, and I want to say for those who are tuning in on the radio side or in online, you're listening to Conversations Live. I'm speaking with Jennifer Hamm about her new book, One Friday in Napa, that's out now. We're going to remind you he can get your own copy of it. Not only, of course, a great look at the lives of a mother and daughter, but also the lives that they live and the decisions they make. I love the fact that the, it does not matter, even though you have individuals who will look at these two women, Jennifer, and say, "You know what? What do they have to be upset about? You know, they have they're 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 people that will be looked at as being privileged, um, people who seem to have everything, and yet, as as Vini was able to realize with her her mother in chapter 19 of the book, as she was looking at, of course, the recipe." Her mom made a note of saying nothing. I have nothing and everything. It hurts so much. I mm-hmm. actually feel numb. And it really does show, it, just like we have learned in our real lives, uh, Jennifer, that a lot of times things are not as they appear. People can think that you have mm-hmm. it all together. Uh, and that's what I thought was so interesting when Vinnie read that, probably thinking about her own, which you talk about. Well, I won't go into that here, but what she has had to deal with, and thinking about her mother as well. What was that like for you to show that, regardless of how people may see us, it's really how we see ourselves and what we feel that matters? Mm. 
I mean, I you know, I purposely it's not a big plot driven story. Although a lot of things happen, it wasn't about anything other than a ticking clock of an emotional life of two women trying to understand each other. And I think if you're genuinely doing that, you know, and you're genuinely looking to get to acceptance, there is a journey there and it's a very inward journey and it has a very honest journey. And, and I love looking at, looking at one situation and realizing, hang on a minute, there's like a completely different way of looking at this. And that to me is, is, you know, really being open to the open, you know, avenue that you try and give to other people when you're trying to really understand who they are. So add that to family dynamic. I mean, um, innately, I think within families, we are our best and worst selves. We are our most vulnerable because we can be that honest about, you know, who we are and what we are instinctively. But, you know, I think mothers don't, we do things to, to protect our children and children don't really understand mothers and parents the way perhaps they, they could. And it's like giving a, giving a voice in a moment to all of those um, scenarios. That's kind of what the book does. It takes you on that emotional journey with these two women because they want to. You got to start there. And yeah. um, and oh, I had I had a really good time just sitting with them for for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, they end up just talking to me at the weirdest of places, but they're in my head for sure. Victor is also an interesting character, and I, and I, I mm-hmm. my ears kind of per- perked up when you said that you connected so well with Olivia because there's a conversation that I made a note of when I was reading the book in Chapter 8, Jennifer, and this is a, a very personal thing. So I want to ask you about this question that Victor asked of Olivia, but also what it was like for you to ask yourself the same question. Because as they're talking about life, Victor talks about the life lessons he's sharing, and he says this, sometimes we all have to ask ourselves, who do I want to be? He looked closely at her. Mm. Who are you, Olivia? What are you made of? And her answer, of course, was something that a lot of people would probably say because we don't think enough about it, and that is, I don't know. What was that like mm. for Jennifer to ask herself that question? Mm. That's, that's a big one because this book took a long journey from with me. You know, I'm a full-time mom of four boys, the last one just flying the coop. So I haven't had a lot of time to ask myself, you know, the who am I, what am I questions when you're busy raising a family. In fact, this morning was the first time in 26 years I've gone to the supermarket and I'm home alone right now. <laughs> My husband's away mm. and I'm shopping for myself. I thought, what does that even look like? Um, mm. So it was a really poignant moment because not to give any spoilers away, but Victor's this wonderfully hot character and um you know, picture George Clooney, right? In the, the Italian George Clooney. And, you know, he's purposely poking her. And again, we're back in the 40s at a time where, you know, women were much more, you know, falling in line with what they were supposed to do rather than what they perhaps wanted to do. Did they ever even ask themselves those questions? And, um, and so for me, you know, we're in 2023 and I'm proud to say I'm a published author now, but that took a lot of like, if I want to do this, I've got to put in the time, I've got to find the time. So it's very easy to give yourself the excuses to not answer that question, Cyrus. But I think the truth is you got to take the steps and knowing yourself is, is the most important part of the journey. You know, we're, we're born and die alone, right? So right. That's, there's no excuse not to take that, 
journey for yourself and figure out who you are. So I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. And and it was interesting having I think us knowing that Olivia is having to ask herself that and thinking about Vini asking herself the same question. You know, I think we all kind of ask mm-hmm. ourselves, uh, and, it, and, and I appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing that, the very personal note, but I think a lot of people, a lot of us go around because we're so, we're so identified by what we do, right, or who mm-hmm. we are doing mm-hmm. it for instead of exactly who mm-hmm. we are. So when I read that, I thought, wow, how many people actually think about that? You know, who mm-hmm. are you outside of all of that, right? Um, yeah, and I'll give there, I'll there, give a shout out yeah. just to add to that really quickly is you yeah. know I'm in my fifties and the word debut is sitting next to my name so it's never too yeah. late to start something a dream that you had or start you know a path that you've always wanted to take but you haven't had a moment to take it yet you know and um, rather than pretending that I'm in a different stage of my life I'm trying to own the space that I'm in and saying well you know it, it wasn't easy writing a novel takes a lot of diligence a lot of time you got to carve that time but it's yeah. absolutely worth it and doable yeah yeah I, I, I love that thank you and and so I want to <laughs> say to our audience this is a book you will definitely enjoy it is um, you know I, I when people say things are an easy read I don't really like to say that but it is definitely for me it's entertaining and there are so many layers to it Jennifer I've been very careful not to try to give anything away but I love the fact that you're able to play with these dynamics of time and space as well as family and togetherness and what that all means I think for each one of us and how we really get back to what really matters and I think that is one of the big things here. And, Jennifer, we appreciate you writing this book. Again, Jennifer Ham has been our guest. One Friday in Napa is the book. It's available through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore. If they don't have it, I know they'd be more than happy to order it for you. And, Jennifer, congratulations to you again. How can our audience Thanks, stay connected guys. with you? Ooh, um, well, you can go on to JenniferHamm.com. Ham with two M's, or you can find me on Instagram, Jennifer Ham 04. And um, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love doing book clubs at the moment. I'm doing all kinds of stuff. So happy to connect. All right. Well, Jennifer, enjoy this moment. Um, a, a great achievement, and, and definitely I hope you're able to uh, to celebrate yourself along this journey uh, as you're having these conversations <laughs> and looking forward to chatting with you again. Thank you, Cyrus. Thank you so much. Pleasure to meet you. Same here. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let us go make today amazing. Take care.